It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back, relax, and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Before we start the podcast, we sympathize and pray with those affected by Hurricane Nicole and also those impacted by the earthquakes in Delhi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blind Android Users Podcast. This is episode 101, and I'm calling it the Google Fanboys episode because the girls decided to ditch us. So it's me, Warren Carr, Doug Cameron, John Dyer, and Austin Pinto. We're recording today, November the 12th, 2022. For today's episode, we are simply reflecting on the Centurion party that we had last week, that's episode 100, thus talking about what we discussed last week and reflecting from the podcast crew viewpoint. Coming up in this episode, we have announcements. Austin will bring us those announcements. This is then followed by the spotlight wherein Miriam, the red-headed stranger, brings us something about Samsung Diagnostics. We then will turn our attention to the items that were raised during the Centurion party. The first item we're talking about is the Google camera and the Samsung camera. For the second subject matter, we talk about the marriage between Windows and Android. Third, we talk about TTS engines. And we conclude today's episode by talking about the speakers on our phones. Boys, welcome to the Google Fanboys podcast. Austin, what's going on, my man? So everything is going on good. The work is good. The treatment is going on good. But this week was a little disappointing because India got out of the T20 World Cup and tomorrow is the final. So let's see who takes the World Cup tomorrow. Well, maybe if India is getting out, maybe next time they'll come back stronger. You know how the, these things go. Sometimes it, it, the falling out is only to get you ready for the next one and yeah. be even better. Yeah. So, you know, uh, who do you think is going to win? I think Pakistan should win because uh, England uh, <laughs> defeated us. So Pakistan should win. Ah, so now you're throwing your support behind Pakistan. Yeah. Well, good. I hope Pakistan wins, but I don't know if England was strong enough to beat you guys. They might as well be strong enough to beat the Pakistanis, but we'll see what happens. John, what's going on, my man? Hey, it's been good. I had a pretty good week. Um, I've been selling some stuff on eBay, and I realized this morning that they're withholding my funds until I provide my... um, state issued id which i just realized expired earlier this year so i'm gonna have to jump through some hoops to get a new id to be able to get my money from ebay but other than that it's been a good week well get that baby renewed so you'll have moolah in there to share with the party (laughs) (laughs) i will you got to do that, bro. They make these changes. I don't remember me having to do that, but I haven't sold on eBay for quite a spell. So uh, yeah, these are things sold, to keep in mind. 
I've sold on there for probably over 10 years and this is the first time they've asked me to do that. So must be something new. Yeah. Interesting. Doug, what's going on, bro? Not a whole lot. Just got some new windows installed yesterday and I'm not referring to windows 11. I'm referring to physical clear see-through windows. So it, it's been pretty good. Well, wonderful. We are doing well here at my end too. And yesterday I was busy setting up a bunch of phones. I think I set up up to seven different phones. Spent over like, you know, a boatload of moolah. Not necessarily from my pocket, but a lot of my friends wanted me to buy them stuff. And some of those things started arriving yesterday. And so I was setting up a bunch of phones and still more are coming this week and or next week rather. Let's now turn on to announcements. Austin, what do we have? So we have some small announcements. The first announcement is we received feedback saying that we are not posting the show notes on the groups on various mailing address lists and our mailing list in particular. So from this episode onwards, we will post the discussion that happened in the show on the mailing list. The second announcement is we crossed a small milestone on our YouTube channel. We are now 776 subscribers strong. So keep on growing. We are just 224 from reaching 1000. And I hope we do it before the end of the year. The third announcement is YouTube has rolled out a new feature for YouTube creators in which they can choose their channel handles. So ours will either be blind Android users or BAU. So it depends on how the handle limitations are. I'll have to read it. And I will update you next week on what exactly the handle is. Thank you so much, Austin. That's beautiful. And guys, subscribe, subscribe subscribe i want to see you guys subscribing because if you're listening to us please subscribe to our channel and you know roll us over that hump let's get over to a thousand as austin said i would love to see us crossing over to 100 100 1000 subscribers by the end of this year can we do it guys yes we can so let's do that and we'll talk about uh the handle next week when austin finds out which one it will be now, let's turn our attention to Miriam's diagnostics, and that's about Samsung phones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new little quick tip um, that I thought I would share with you all. So I'm going to be talking about device care on Samsung devices. I used to love this like device care feature that Samsung used to um, provide in their phones in like earlier generations of uh, Samsung devices. I think I had this since like probably my J7, uh, Galaxy J7 2018. And it, it used to work pretty well because what it does basically, it actually looks for you know malwares and um, it uh, clears cache directly it um, you know it removes and deletes all the temporary files that you don't need and uh, it removes all like the stress that you have on your RAM and all that it's amazing I really love it 
Um, but also, there's been something really amazing that got uh, released in the um, like the the one uh, one UI four, I should say, and Android uh, twelve. So basically, this is I'm going to show you the whole thing and how it looks like. And when we get to the new thing, I will I will let you know what it is. We're going to keep this uh, short and sweet today. Three fourteen p.m. Right, so we're going to go to settings. What recent apps settings? I have it open already. Settings, accessibility, talk back. We have accessibility. General management apps, default apps, battery and device care, storage, memory, device protection. That's what we need. You can either get it. It's uh, pretty close to the bottom of uh, the whole settings. Um, you can also like type just device or care or anything like that in the uh, search bar. Um, the top. Digital well-being and parental control screen time. App timer. And, advanced uh, home screen layout. App icon badges. You can find it. Maryam Mawson search settings button. Here. Type in care or device care. And uh, you know what? Let's just do it. Showing English. C. C. A. S. O. R. E. Care. Clear search. Top hits. What battery and device care. Battery and device there you care. Go. WhatsApp 2331 messages from 12. The same. There you go. Result. Battery and device care. Battery and device care. Top hits. It's called one. top hits because obviously it's the settings. We have also like. Battery and results. Three. Let's see. Battery and device care. Again in the results. Care report. There's something called care report. Space. Apps. App info cache reader. Cache reader. I don't know. It, because Space. I think. Others. Google Assistant or places. Space. Navigate up button. Uh, this is like CA, so you know, it's, it thought it just show me cache reader because it like the, there's letter C and the letter A here too, right? So we also have let's let's go to uh, uh, device care. Other app info apps space care report battery and device battery and care report. By the way, the care report is actually included in the device care settings. However, it shows you like the things and you know that are in the settings themselves the the little uh in the little categories which is amazing because if you're looking for a certain setting it doesn't only like show you the top things it also like looks into every single um settings category and it you know it looks into that too which is amazing battery and device care english battery and device care battery and device top hits battery right. and device 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 care report button we have the care report um let's see what it that um, what is it? Care report. Navigate up. Care report. App issue history. Chrome issue detected. Prolific works app put in deep sleep. Smart tutor app put in deep sleep. See all button. Right. Restart history. Last auto restart. Never. Check out the apps that have been put to sleep to save battery. Check sleeping apps button. About battery lifespan if you're seeing reduced battery performance or noticing battery swelling. Check your phone at an authorized service center. Okay, so it basically gives you a of the whole thing, like the whole, um, you know, care device care thing. The battery gives you a little bit of a like um, heads up if you have any problems with your battery. It also tells you like when was the last crash, and um, the last crash I had it was with with Chrome actually because there's a problem in Chrome when you want to autofill something um it usually crashes if you scroll while if you actually touch the screen and trying to find it um by just scroll like touching the screen it, it won't button. happen so that's why 
Chrome crashes. It also tells you what are the apps that have been put into deep sleep recently. And the recent one of them, the recent two actually are um, Smart Tutor and Prolific Works. Carry, navigate up. All right, we're going to get out of that. Device, device, more options button. Carry, good. No battery or security issues. Right, it tells me that everything's good. Optimize now button. You can hit this optimize button and it's going to like, you know, do all the things, look for, like scan the device and all that. Uh, it will do all the work for you basically. And if there are any apps that need to be put into deep sleep because you don't use them, or there are some apps that actually use the battery too much and the, the like the device care detection thinks that it's so like it's risky or whatever it's over using um, your phone it's going to tell you right away which is awesome okay battery 19 age 24 meters left 83 percent available you have the battery it tells you how much you have storage 137.6 gigabytes of it it also tells you uh like the storage here you can basically open that and you get like the battery and the storage categories they're not really related to the device care thing Memory 2.5 gigabytes available, 4.5 gigabytes used in 8 gigabytes. Right, so the, the, this is like the RAM. Device protection, the memory. Mem device protection scan needed. This device protection, and it uses McAfee software, I should say. And if you get, go in here. Device, pro device pro scan needed. Last scan, 2022-09-20. Obviously, the, the last scan I did, uh, I, I had run was on uh, september 20th 2022 um mcafee and samsung keep your phone safe by searching for malware and suspicious activity as i said it's mcafee it's what uh, it's the software that samsung uses basically to um, do like the the scan scan for any malicious softwares or anything like that powered by mcafee scan phone button and you can pretty much click on that button and it's going to start doing a whole scan of a full scan of your phone once it detects anything it will let you know um it's decent it's decent not the best but it's okay you know it works um because well you get it so why not run a scan every now and then right tip need to scan other devices right so let mcafee help to protect your this is basically an advertisement for <laughs> the mcafee app which is a uh, like it, it works also on Windows, I think. Okay, we're going to get out of here. Back button, device care, storage 100, memory device for additional care. Additional care. And here we come to the new feature or the feature that I really loved that um, I mentioned in the beginning of uh, the clip. Software update. We have the software update. Basically, this is pretty much the same one you get uh, in the settings, uh, the bottom of the settings. So it's also here, you know, as a part of the, your device care, you should check uh, software updates every once in a while. However, if you have auto update turned on, that shouldn't really matter because uh, once there's a new update, it will just inform you, right? So diagnostics, touch screen, sensors, and charging, and more. There you go. This is the new one with a feature that I really, 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 really device diagnostics loved. touch. And by the way, it's the last item in here. So let's open that one. Samsung members. It opens um, this pretty cool app called Samsung members. Samsung members. Um, Diagnostics. And zero of twenty-four items tested. Diagnostics. What it does. Let me just give a little bit of overview. So what it does basically 
it tests every like single piece in your phone um you know the, especially physical things the nfc chip uh the um buttons like the two uh volume buttons as well as the side key or power button whatever you want to call it it also tests your touch screen the camera the flashlight um it's a hardware test which is amazing um because once you figure like if there's a problem it's it's pretty good especially if you have just updated um your system and you want to make sure that there are no bugs or anything like that especially if you're on the beta um you know the the beta testing for anything else like the the system this the system itself so here zero of 24 items tested we have 24 items that you can test and it tells you zero of 24 items tested obviously progress bar zero position progress like this progress bar it's on zero because we still haven't run any tests right perform tests to make sure your phone is working properly yep okay you can test a function individually by tapping its icon all right not tested nf not test not tested nfc so here we have every single item you can either as as it says you can test a function individually by tapping its icon tap every single icon it's going to test it individually right or if you don't want to do that you can not tested vibration scroll not tested camera not 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 test not tested not test not test not test not tested cable charging not not test test all button test navigate test all button all if you want to test every single item of your phone right if you want to do that that could totally work okay i'm going to pick only one because uh, obviously it's going to take a little bit of a time it doesn't take too much but like maximum of five minutes if you know things are not going too well but at least you can run this test every once in a while to make sure that your phone is working properly right so Let's pick one of them. Perform tests. You can test. Not tested. Not tested. SIM card. Not tested. NFC. Um. All right. Thirty degree import side. I'm feels going like to pick two. Why? Because there's some tests that the phone does on its own, but there are other tests that would require from you to do some tasks to make sure that it's working, and it's going to ask you, okay, is that working or not? Is that working or not? And you should confirm that this feature is actually working. So we'll pick the NFC. You can test, not tested. NFC. Chip first. Because it doesn't require me to do anything. And then we will pick one, uh, like another one. You can not test it. In which WhatsApp 2003. we can uh, do the tasks that it requires. Samsung member, NFC. Progress bar, zero position. Checking. Checking right now. We'll, we'll see. NFC normal retry button navigate up NFC normal normal retry button right this retry button means if you want to retest okay if something is not working and you want to make sure that it's actually not not really 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 100% working that way you should take it to the um like the Samsung any Samsung store close like nearby navigate okay up. so the NFC chip is working properly we'll get out of this Samsung members. And we pick one you can test that needs us to do the test. Working properly. NFC. As you can see, it changed from not tested to working properly. Now we are actually 100% certain that the NFC chip on this phone works perfectly fine. 
Not tested. SIM card. Right, the SIM card doesn't require any tasks. Not tested. Power restart status. Um, the power restart status either doesn't. Not tested. Official software. Same. Not, te not tested. By the way, official software. this will tell you if your phone is running the official software or not. Um, you know, if you're one of those people who loves um, to do those custom ROMs and all that, and uh, you just wanted to reinstall the stock software that came with your phone, you need to make sure that everything's working properly. You can do that. Totally care. Not tested. Mobile network. Okay, mobile network. Not tested. Sensors. Okay. Not tested. Proximity recognition. Not tested. Touch screen. Not right. tested. Buttons. Those all actually require tasks, but I want to probably Not do... Not tested. Flashlight. Let's do the flashlight. I have um, light perception, so I can see if it's working properly or not. Let's see. Samsung member flash. Tap the button to see if the flashlight turns on normally. Okay, so it tells us to tap this. Five. Turn on button. Turn on this button. Okay, I can see the flashlight working. Can see it. Flashlight. Is the flashlight on the back of your phone working normally? Yes button. Yes. Flashlight. Normal. Retry button. Okay. I see. Navigate up. Turn to normal. And if we get Samsung out of here. Not tested. Not tested. Sensors. Let's see. Not, not tested. Not tested. Working properly. Flashlight. It tells us it's working properly. So this is basically how you can do it. Um, I think it's it's good to do that, you know, every now and then. Make sure that everything's working properly. Uh, and, like, on your phone or if you need to take it to any other, like, any Samsung store or anything like that. However, let me know if this feature is actually available on other phones in a different way. Because I'm, I think, like, I'm really curious as to whether it's an only, like, Samsung phone exclusively or there are other um, companies um, or brands that did actually this even uh, if it's in a kind of different light let me know about that i'm really curious and uh, yeah i hope uh, you like this little tip and little demonstration of the device care it's always fascinating to me i i really 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 love it i um go to this like device care thing every you know now and then and uh, run those tests and do all these pretty cool things and do this scan um, to make sure that I don't have anything on my phone, which is awesome. So yeah, um, try that out and let me know how it works with you. And uh, I hope you like this one. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you in another demonstration. Thank you, Miriam. Even though you're not here, we appreciate you being on here. We now turn our attention to our first item that we talked about last week, and that has to do with cameras on both the Google and Samsung phones. Boys, any of you would like to talk about this? Because so basically what we talked about, as you guys heard in the celebration last week, and we want to thank those of you that participated. And if you didn't participate last week, we have that two-year anniversary coming up on December the 17th. And we would love for more people to join us. This is going to be another big one, a huge milestone. Uh, same, we're now two years old. And so we'd love for you guys to be part of that celebration. But for now, no, let's reflect on that thing that we talked about last week. And we're talking about cameras. That's the first item that we talked about. And we are going to talk about the one on Google and on, on Samsung. And for starters, though, how about seeing what that guided frames is? I never did get the time to demonstrate it when I set up my Pixel phone because 
it needed to be downloaded and it had not been updated. So I have it and I'm going to grab my phone and show you how it works. 10.06 a.m. Unlock. Device unlocked. Home screen one of three. So here's my phone. I have my phone in my hand and I'm going to find and tap on the camera app, which, uh, there, which is there on the dock. Camera. There's my camera. Camera. Switch to front camera button. And I'm going to tap switch to front camera. No faces in frame. Take photo button. One face. Move your phone slightly right and down. Your lens may. One face. Move your phone slightly right. One face. Ready for selfie. Three, two, one. Photo taken. One face. Good for selfie. Ready for selfie. Three, two, one. Photo taken. One face. Good for selfie. One face. Good for selfie. One face. Good for selfie. Ready for selfie. Three, two, one. Photo taken. One face. Good for. So as you can see, I should have turned on the light in here. It, it would have helped too. But as you can see, that's how it works. And every time you hear that countdown, that's saying, hey, I'm ready to take that picture and all of that. And then the last time would be that the camera or the picture has been taken. And that's what we were talking about. What we would love to see, ideally, Google, if you're listening to us, is that we should have that capability on the back of the camera. Because when we have that, you know, I'm not just out there trying to take selfies. I'm not just out there trying to show people how uh, good looking I am, you know, even though I get better looking every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I get tired of that. Me, 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 me. I want to point the camera at John, for for example, for a change. Let's talk about John, not just about me, you know. <laughs> so I, I did notice to... that the talkback was saying one face good for selfie. And I was like, is it is it just saying, OK, Warren's attractive enough to take a selfie. So I approve this process. Thank you. For exactly my point. That's what I'm saying, because I get better looking every day, man. I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> what if it said one face, not good for selfie? Exactly. Then I will be, be crying in my beer at that mm -hmm. point. <laughs> but so what do you guys think about this process? Wouldn't it be nice if we have this feature on the back of the camera as well? Because we're just not about selfies, are we? Yeah, for sure. It, um, I think on both Samsung and uh, Google phones, it will, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it will tell you there are faces in the frame. Like it'll say one face top left or two faces top middle or something like that, but it won't like direct you and it won't have a countdown for you or anything like that. That is true. And to prove that, let, let me um, open up my phone again. 10, 10 a.m. Unlock. Device unlocked. Pin unlock. Home. Camera. Okay, I'm going to open up that camera again and... Camera. Zero faces. Switch to motion mode. One face. Center. With 20% of screen. So I just pointed it at myself. One but face. Top right. With 30% of screen. You see, though, it's not giving me a guidance. One face. Right. With 30% of screen. One yeah. Face. 
Right. It is helpful, though, that it tells you where the face is and how much yeah. of the screen it's taking up. So I will say that I'm very grateful for that. But it would be nice to be able to enable it because it's there. You know, they've put that functionality in for the selfie. So why not allow it to be on the main camera as well if you want to? And you know what? Just for giggles, I actually held the phone slanted. So see, if I were to take a picture like that and it says one face in the center, it's going to look slanted when you look at it. Um, so this is what we're talking about in the selfie. However, if it is not, as you heard, it will tell you to either move it right a little bit up or down. So it's giving you that full guidance. And that's what I would like to see come uh, to both the Google and Samsung. And frankly, just about every Android phone out there that has this capability. I kind of like the idea of having the direction. I kind of think having something where it would tell us like tilt and stuff like that would be more beneficial just because, I mean, some of us don't necessarily have a, a spatial awareness. So we may think our phones are completely straight up and down, but in reality, it could be off by say 10, 15 degrees, which is just enough to make the image look a little fuzzy. But in general, I don't do a lot of selfies. So for me, this really won't be a big deal, but I think it's definitely good for those of us who may want to do more selfies, more Instagram posts, that kind of stuff. That totally makes sense because if you're into social media or whatever, you want to take those pictures and post on there, it really makes sense. But, you know, if you're not, then you're not going to be getting the benefit of it. And so I I, I kind of have the feeling that Google might do that maybe in the next iteration of their phone. So maybe something via the software, because all it needs is just software iteration. And so Google, if you are listening, fix that baby up. I mean, the places where I can see this being the most beneficial, oddly enough, would be in applications like, say, Instagram, Facebook Live, um, Snapchat, places like that. I can see us being platforms than necessarily in our mainstream cameras. So it would be interesting to see if these come into our all device mainstream cameras through software. I'd be curious to see if this would all start moving into those third-party applications that make use of our front-facing cameras more. So for our episode 100, we had the developers from Seeing Assisted Move join us, and we really thank them for coming to the podcast and uh, joining us also on episode 100. And users asked them some questions. I have tried the app, and the app is really feature-rich but the settings are a bit complicated. So I cannot demo the outdoor navigation and because I cannot demo it, I thought um, this will not be uh, good because once you select navigate with Google Maps, it is just as you navigate with Google Maps. There is nothing different at least not in India, but in some countries it will announce the crossroads and all those. But in India, it is the same when you navigate with Google Maps. 
So in the next week's episode, what I will do is I will show you how to set a route, how to save points and add them to your database. I will show you in deep the settings of the app and it will explain to you all of the features that the app has. But I will not be able to or navigating outdoors will be of no use because it's the same as navigating Google Maps. But I will show you how to navigate from point A to point B with Google Maps. So now let's turn our attention then to that marriage between Windows and Android phones. And of course, we'll be talking about Samsung does it beautifully. I just got a little Samsung phone that I've been playing with. I haven't, though, uh, linked it with uh, my computer. Uh, Cam, have you linked yours? Would you kind of help us talk about some of the benefits uh, when one has the two married to one another? Sure. Basically, I don't use all the features that we have available through the the link to Windows. But if you have a Windows PC and some have it already pre-installed, some don't, but there's software called PhoneLink. And this will be what your link to Windows on Samsung and some other devices will use to communicate between your phone and your PC. So basically... The way I would explain it is kind of similar to a virtual desktop, except you're only able to access the applications on your phone. So primarily you're going to use this for stuff like your text messaging, your phone calls, uh, receiving notifications through your computer from your phone. But it also does allow us to access our photo libraries and in some cases other applications on our phone. I can't speak to the accessibility of, you know, accessing stuff like, say, Facebook Messenger or Telegram through the link to Windows platform, because that's just not what I use it for. But I can tell you that if you're, say, browsing the web through whatever your browser of choice is on your PC, and you come across a phone number that you want to call, and it happens to be a link, you can actually click that link on your PC and have it send it to your phone so that as soon as you unlock your phone, you'll have a notification that'll allow you to click on it. It'll automatically enter that phone number in your dialer and you can call it. So it really gives a little bit more automation to the whole process of one device, one platform, opposed to having a phone and then a tablet and then your computer and having to find other third-party software to connect them all together. So, I mean, I use it on a fairly frequent basis, mainly for the notifications and texting between myself and friends, family. But I see so much more potential for this as it grows to make it easier for us to access other applications on our devices. I kind of think it would be great to see the marriage from Windows and Android in this platform to maybe extend into including software like Samsung Dext, where we can then maybe even access our phone in a virtual machine, like through the link to Windows, and have all the accessibility of TalkBack built into that, 
making it even easier to use with the keyboard. So there's a ton of potential in it combined with the amazing abilities it already does have. There is a way to link other devices to Windows in Windows 10 and Windows 11. I had demoed this some time back and it's on our YouTube channel. So I'll find the link and put it in the show notes. So please read the show notes on YouTube and it's easier to read on the website. So you can get that link and listen to the demo. I think I prefer that link to Windows because it makes it possible for one to use it regardless of what carrier you're on and being able to uh, manage your phone calls while you're on your computer, you know, whether it's a text message or it's that call that you want to return or answer that call. Uh, it is very important. Then it kind of detangles you from picking up that phone and holding it to your ear or whatever. I really like that process. And so that's what I do with mine uh, using Google Fi. And since this is possible on other phones using that link to Windows, I think people should give it a try. And we do have that demonstration on our YouTube site, right, Austin, as you indicated? Yeah, correct. So I'll find the video and I'll I'll put a link in the show notes. Let's now turn our attention to the third item, and that's the question of the TTS engines. For us as blind people, this is a very important matter, and we talked about this last week. And so as we reflect on this, I know a lot of TTS engines came up. We talked about DeckTalk, possibility of having DeckTalk come on to Android. We also talked about the disappearing eloquence from our phones as we move on to Android 14. And then I think there was another one we talked about, which was the Symphony TTS that is yet in the making. It hasn't come yet, but it's a wish, wishful thing. And we're wishing that it would come to Android. And so guys, having talked about that, I know it was a very passionate subject and people talked with passion and all of that. Now, as we reflect on this, what do you guys think about this possibility that we might have something like the Symphony TTS or possibly have something like the Deck Talk? Now, personally, I'm not one that cared much about Deck Talk. A friend of mine used to say that the Deck Talk TTS sounded like someone has a gun to his butt or something like that. Uh, I never quite liked it. But uh, you guys, tell me what you think about it. If you didn't have it, I think we had it also. Something similar to that deck talk was the one on our phones, like the mobile speak that had, you know, that thing for um, the uh, Nokia and Windows phone. And frankly, they sound the same because you have that perfect Paul and you have the other voices there. I think the the one that people used to like was that perfect Paul. So I've never used Deck Talk. Is it like, does it have more of a robotic sound like eloquence or is it more of a, does it sound more like a human? Oh, no, it's more robotic than uh, oh, okay. eloquence. I, I never. And that's what people like about it, right? Yes. Well, but I think why people like that was because back in those days, everything was very robotic. And I think that one was a little bit clearer 
Because when you compare it to things like the sounding board or whatever, those things were horrible. And so the deck tug was like the king on the hill. Uh, it was first like a hardware base, so you have to buy the uh, uh, either the sound card or the external version. Uh, but then I think it moved onto the software, and I think Window Eyes used to have it. It was called DeckTuck Access 32 or something like that. And so it sounded the same thing. But I never liked it. I, I never really liked the uh, DeckTuck thing because I think once we had the eloquence come to JAWS, then DeckTuck just didn't sound right to me. Yeah, I personally like the more natural sounding voices, but I know people who are hard of hearing or people who like to use their uh, high TTS rate. It's a lot easier to understand those um, those more robotic voices at higher TTS rates. And I think that's part of the reason why these new voices that Google has introduced, they only work up until a certain point because with these natural sounding voices, you know, they they start to be very hard to understand at higher rates. Wow, that was a blast from the past. I have not heard anything from GW <laughs> Micro brought up in like years. I didn't actually realize that they used that same TTS for a while because when I was using Windowize, we we already had Eloquence installed, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, I'm kind of like John. I've never used Deck Talk before, so I, I'm... I mean, I'm kind of interested to see what it's like. So I'm probably just a dinosaur um, uh, here because I had that. And like I said, I didn't like it, but blind people swore by it. It, it was the king on the hill. So that's one of those possibilities that we're talking about, that there's a possibility that we might have that. So I think that when it all comes down to it, the most important thing, as I see it, is to be able to have multiple TTS engines available for the Android uh, platform, like what we used to have when you look back on 2011 and 2012 and up to 2013, we had a plethora of TTS engines. And then, you know, those things started to diminish to where we now have very few choices. All that we have left is a cappella, the... Uh, vocalizer guys that code factory is no longer updating for some odd reason i don't think we have seen any updates from vocalizer since what i, I may even dare say maybe 2020 or maybe 2019 I, I i'm not very sure about it but we at least haven't seen anything like within the last year and this year from uh code factory with respect to updates on the vocalizer tts engine so I wonder where that's going to leave us at, but at least we still have acapella. And then the one that I think we don't often talk about is the one from, I think, some lady called Olga, uh, and that's the RH voice. It is not a bad TTS engine, but at least we have that. And we have also established that the uh, Sarah Proc ones didn't work on the uh, 64 bit on the Google 7 series. So the Sarah Proc is now slowly dropping out, unless, of course, the guys from that company decide to make it compliant with 64 bit. Once everyone moves to Android 14, 
then they may not be able to use that. As it is, we can use it on Pixel 7 series. Guys, any other TTS engines you guys can think of? We should not forget the Google TTS engine and the quality of voices that they released. Back in the day when Android 2.3.6 was there, the horrible quality of Pico TTS was what I remembered. <laughs> I stand it. Oh my God, the quality was just absolutely <laughs> like... I, I, I hate using this comparison, but it was actually worse than a Ford vehicle. <laughs> ah, now you're walking down on the fighting side of me. <laughs> I mean, not much can get worse than Ford. And... I honestly think the Google TTS back on like 2.3 and I, <laughs> up until like even a couple years ago, I honestly think the Google TTS was definitely worse than them. Yeah, I think that Pico or Pico, whatever, but though it, it was there, right? We still have it on some custom ROMs. For example, the Lineage custom ROM still supports that uh, Pico or Pico TTS engine. It, it was terrible. Uh, but <laughs> it it kind of got you going till you could get something better. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that the most important thing is to be able to have something that gets you that speech so you know what to do and get a better speech. And John, you are talking about the Samsung TTS uh, engine. I actually, so when I got my Samsung phone yesterday, I tried the Samsung Voices and updated to all the newer voices and all of that. I still kind of find myself preferring the Google speech services over the Samsung ones. And it it is just one of those subjective uh, things and it all boils down to subjectivity. I know some of my friends love, love the Samsung TTS engine and the new voices. I just don't, I don't quite like them. Yeah, I like the um, Voice One on Samsung, but it kind of well. The thing about the Samsung Voice is a couple of things. They're very slow, so you have to speed them up to like at least two or three hundred percent to get them to like sound normal. <laughs> but um, also, they take too much of a break between like um, paragraphs. So I don't. I'm not a fan of that. And no matter how you adjust the actual TTS rate, like it doesn't affect how long they pause between breaks. So that's that's the thing that kind of bothers me about the Samsung TTS engine, and that's what makes me go back to the Google TTS. And also the voice one for Samsung, she kind of sounds like like a little bee buzzing in your ear or something. <laughs> like she has like a little, she, you know what I mean? She has like a little buzzy sound to her. So we could just call her the. Uh, Busy, buzzy bee, you know? (laughs) Busy bee, yeah. (laughs) Well, so I listened to some of them. They have like a quite a handful of them. Um, I think there's some there, though, that for some reason sound more like, I mean, even though they're like American voices, however, it sounded, I think either Lisa or this. Stephanie, I don't remember. One of those sound more like a British voice to me. I I just don't know why. 
Yeah, it's she just, has a weird accent. It's like it's kind of British, kind of Australian, kind of something else. Like it's just she has a weird sound to her, and it's like why is she even there in the America in the U.S. voices? Exactly. I would have thought that would be like a British um, uh, voice or something, but I, I just couldn't make out the reasoning behind it. But yeah, so we still have those things on there. But guys, we really we need some renaissance of the TTS engine on Android because people are kind of still crying about eloquence gone or soon to be gone if you are not at the moment using the Pixel 7 series, which of course it doesn't work there anymore. But if you are going to be on Android 14 come next year, then that's going to be a problem. And like John, you said earlier, most especially for our brethren that are hard of hearing that eloquence is what they kind of prefer because it makes more sense to them and i just hope we find something else and you guys should try other ones like that rh voice from uh, olga i think it's not too bad or the, the e speak for example guys that e speak is another one that is not too bad in the sense that I mean it's robotic uh, <laughs> probably is the worst uh, culprit when it comes to being robotic here but it has that responsiveness that people are after so if you don't mind the robotic voice but you know as people have said again and again these things can be made to have better sounding voices but it involves a lot of work and people who have the know-how to be able to do that and i'm hoping that someone on our group or someone that has the ability to could take something and give us better voices on that uh, e-speak i'd be happy if somebody would steal alex off of ios and put it to android that was the most realistic voice i've had that i can actually understand at relatively high speeds yeah i, I think our friends on the other side now are kind of chiding us now because now they have more uh, voices more than they can shake a stick at when one compares it to what we have on our side of the platform I say iOS can keep Alex. I don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never used it myself. I just, um, I, I think the one I chose was one of the vocalizer voices. Yeah, out of everything iOS has given us, I definitely think, well, actually, I should rephrase that. Everything Apple has given us, I definitely think that the read voice, not read, Alex voice, is probably one of the best. It's been on Mac for, I think, ever. And then when it came over to iOS, it was like the best voice I ever could find. So that's actually the one thing I do actually miss about iOS is having the hyper-real voice where most of our voices on Android, in my opinion, are still pretty fairly robotic, even the realistic ones. So I don't know. We we have a lot to a lot of room to grow. And I mean the blind people in the world right now really should start seeing who can create the best realistic voices. We need more blind people creating the technology for blind people. 
Exactly. And you know what? I think one of the arguments that we constantly hear is that, oh, these things get too big. But, you know, with all the storages that we have on these modern phones, we could accommodate such things. For example, I don't think it would be too much to ask for, or it, it would be too much for anyone to have a voice that is one gig in size and sounding good. I think that Alex that you mentioned is almost like a hundred, I mean, uh, 800 or maybe almost one gig in size. And, you know, one can choose to use it or not use it, but make that available, you know, give us those high quality voices, especially like what we're seeing on the Google speech services. But, Google, let's push this thing out to everyone because I kind of get tired of hearing people are not having access to that. And if the requirement were simply a 64-bit compliant uh, machine or phone, then uh, most of the people out there are having phones that are 64-bit compliant. And if they are, why are we not pushing this thing out to them except those of us on the Pixel and running Android 13 or whatever? Um, it's just not so bueno, so to speak. Well, let's trot along and let's move on to our next item on the plate. And that will be the speakers on our phone. Now, when it comes to the speakers on our phone, for those of us who are blind, this is key. And I remember those days when, you know, every phone has that bottom firing speaker and then the HTC, the guys revolutionized how those things sounded and brought us stereo speakers. And it was quite a thing. And then it took a while before some other manufacturers started implementing those stereo speakers. Guys, what are your thoughts about these speakers? For me, I think speakers are very important to me as a blind person because that's how I interact with my phone. Everything I do revolves around a speaker. Of course, we can use the headphone and all of that uh, headset, whether it's Bluetooth or wired, but these days, the wired headset is no longer something that's available on most phones. And so we have our speakers and the headset. I think the best sounding audio is from the HTC. I think it was the Chacha or the Desire. And the second one is from Sony. I would, in fact, rate both the phones the same level of audio. Yeah, so the HTC started, it was the um, the M7. I think that's when they implemented that. And back in those days, HTC has, you know, uh, the ownership of the Beats audio or whatever that thing was before they sold it to Apple in 2014. And so if you look at those older phones from those guys, you see that uh, signature sound on there. And I think the last one to have that was maybe HTC M8. No, actually the 10. The 10 has it because I still have the 7, 8, 9, and 10. I, I have all four of those and the 10 even has it. Now, I don't know if the 11 has it, but I don't have that one. 
Does anyone have the 11 from HTC? Nope, I don't have it. I think I had the M8, but that's all. Yeah. And so, you know, the Google speakers, they sound good. Um, the first time it got introduced, this is a very funny thing because the first one that came through on a Google phone was the Nexus 6P, or actually, what am I saying? Nexus 6 back in 2014. That was the first phone that came with stereo speakers on the Google side of things. And then for some odd reason, I, I still don't understand how that happened. But for the first generation of the Pixel phone, it didn't have stereo speakers. And they would not reintroduce that back until 2017 with the Pixel 2. And then with the Pixel 3, then we have that more boomy sound, which has become the signature sound on Google phones. And then, John, I don't know if you noticed, but you notice that on the Pixel 7, you don't have that too much of a boomy sound like what we have on the previous generations of the Pixel phones. Uh, starting from the Pixel 3. Um, what I noticed that with the Pixel 6 series, if you turn up that volume a little too high, then you get a little bit of a distortion and a crackling. But on the Pixel 7, and I think I've shown this uh, maybe like a couple of weeks or so ago, you don't hear that distortion or that crackling of the speaker. And I think that is partly owed to the fact that it isn't as bassy it doesn't have that bassy sounding uh, sound like you have on the other Pixel phones like the Pixel 6 or Pixel uh, 4 and, and things like that. John, did you observe that? Yeah, and um, it's it, it makes it sound... So I noticed you were using, I think it was Voice 7, maybe Voice 7, but I th or maybe Voice 5, but the male voices, especially in the newer... Um, Google TTS, it's like they sound a lot better, you know, without the phone being so bassy because they, they don't get as fuzzy at louder volumes. So I do like that about the speaker on my Pixel 7. I did notice that I can turn it up louder and it, I can still hear it clearer. Exactly, because I, I think I was actually able to turn mine up accessibility volume up to a hundred percent, and it was still sounding good. And what this is the one I have. Ten forty six a.m. System UI. Ten forty six. I think that is voice whatever. Um, maybe it's either voice five or voice seven. I think it's voice five, and I okay. really like them. And because they're they're nice and clear, like you've indicated, John. Um, they're not, you know, on the previous versions of the Pixel phones, if you turn up the volume, then it, it gets that distortion and all of that. But, you know, I think it's because they are more bassy. And I kind of like the implementation on the Pixel 7 series. Yeah, I always kind of like the deeper sounding TTS voices. Even um, my favorite voice in the old Google TTS was the female voice, I think it was voice six, but that was like the deeper of the female voices. So I've always kind of tended to use the deeper sounding voices for some reason. They just, they're less irritating to me <laughs> over time. So it's nice <laughs> to be able to use, you know, use them at high volumes if you're in a, in a 
an area like if the tv's on the background or something you could turn it up and still um hear it clearly yeah for the longest time i was using that voice six too because it was my favorite and if you listen to some of the demonstrations that i have um whether some of the talkback highlights or whatever i utilize that voice six a lot and then uh, of late i think i have moved to voice five which is a male voice but that voice six is another uh, nice uh, voice variant that I, I like if I were not using voice five or voice seven. Yeah, I don't know that I'm a fan of the new voice six. Like uh, voice six was by far my favorite in the old voices. But in the new voices, I, I don't think I like her as much as, as I used to. Yeah, she's still there, though. I think another one, though, that's not too bad is variant three you know that's a female voice too and it's not too bad is it i i can live with that one if i have to if i don't have another choice but i mean it's decent enough um to where i could but like you i think i kind of like tts engines that have that base to them and some do and some don't and it's it it really makes a difference and Talking about that, when I use either uh, Allison or uh, what's the other, Ava on vocalizer. So see, I would have been the one to like the Ava voice, but for some reason, I kind of don't like the Ava voice. I kind of prefer the Allison voice over um, Ava. Well, so folks, that would wrap up this week's episode. And we thank you so much for listening to us. Austin will give you a way to contact us in the event that you want to contact us. And of course, we encourage you guys to contact us and whether you want to come on as guests and talk about your Android journey story or whatever the case may be, Austin gives you a way to contact us. Austin, how do people get hold of us? So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website blindandroidusers.com check out our YouTube channel youtube.com slash blindandroidusers subscribe to our mailing list blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io the links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links so that is it from us this week thank you so much Austin for that information and guys you can get a hold of us that way and that wraps up this week's episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. And from me, it's goodbye. Later. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for listening to another clip from the Blind Android Users channel. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you're notified of every new material that we upload. Thanks again for listening to the Blind Android Users channel.